Time podcast. For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's Word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, courses, and more. I'm Mentor Mama, and today we are going to be talking about embracing slower, simpler living wherever you're at in life. You know, many people have a strong desire to slow down and live more simply and authentically, but for just so many reasons, they feel unable to make changes that can lead to peace and contentment. Well, our guest today, Lana Stenner, author of the soon-to-be-released book, The Grace-Filled Homestead, Lessons I've Learned About Faith, Family, and the Farm, will be talking about her journey to create that life for her and her family. She will be sharing with us some practical steps that we can take to slow down and enjoy simpler living. But first, a word from our sponsor. You already know that we at Coffee and Bible Times strive to help people delight in God's Word. That's why we love Alabaster and their inspiring Bibles. In addition to the visually appealing design, these Bibles are an engaging way to delve deep into God's Word. You can purchase books of the Bible individually or in bundles. Either way, your faith is sure to flourish. Alabaster Company has perfectly designed an intersection of creativity, beauty, and faith in each and every book. Use our promo code CBTPROMO or find our link below to get 10% off your order and let's experience God's beauty together. Lana Stenner is an author, podcast host, college professor, backyard farmer, and the author of The Grace-Filled Homestead. 20 years ago, Lana and her husband, CJ, decided to ditch their fast-paced hustle for the simple life. They found a small farm on the edge of town, moved their four little children into a 100-year-old fixer-upper, and began to focus on God, goats, and gardens at the Grace-Filled Homestead. Lana is grateful for God's grace and uses her time helping others strengthen their faith, family, and farm. Please welcome Lana. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor. I just love your podcast, and it's just pure joy to get to join you today. Oh, Lana, thank you so much for meeting us. I'm just so excited to talk about this topic because I feel like secretly inside there, there's probably a lot of us that kind of have like this thought of, wow, wouldn't it be amazing to like really slow down, move to a farm. And certainly when people pick up a copy of your book and see all these beautiful pictures in there, uh, they're going to want to do it even more. So tell us what initially compelled you to just so radically change your hustle lifestyle in corporate finance world and move on to the farm? Yes. Yeah. And so we were, we were going 90 miles an hour down the hustle highway. Both uh, me and my husband were just uh, 
working so very many, many hours. Um, and we had really great jobs. Uh, my husband worked for the airline, so he had free flight travel. I was in corporate America. And so before we had kiddos, it looked on the outside like we were very successful and on track. And um, it was about at the point when our first son was born where we were like, okay, we cannot keep up this pace. I mean, I worked about 45 minutes away from home and it was straight, you know, sitting in an hour and a half of traffic each way. And um, we just knew at that point that we wanted a different lifestyle, but of course we weren't prepared for that. And so we started taking steps and it took, you know, it took a couple of years. It was baby steps of trying to figure out our finances and living, you know, a little more tight on the money side of things. And, um, and that's what brought us eventually to the point where I could quit my job, stay at home. And um, we found a farm and moved to a little, it's tiny, it's, a, it's only four acres, but we have everything here that we would want. And it's just one of those that um, I would encourage anyone that's thinking about that. Most things that you see in the online platforms and the uh, what I call the comparison apps, the Pinterest and all that, it looks so quick and simple and a fairy tale. It's a lot of hard work and what you don't see behind this. I try to show a little bit more of the behind the scenes in my stories, you know, the piles of manure and all the mm -hmm. things, but it, it's, it's a lot of steps and planning and taking your time. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're not there within a year, that's okay. Just keep moving forward to whatever that lifestyle is that you're wanting, um, and you you can make it happen. And and a lot of what we're doing is not necessarily based on where we live. We could have made those shifts right back in the neighborhood uh, with our normal little backyard. And, you know, we could have had a chicken coop back there and kind of just de-stressed the hustle. We could have totally done it there. So it's it's less about the piece of property that you're on and more about taking those steps with the mindset of just intentional living with whatever is important to you. You know, you can make it happen. It just, just plan on doing it in baby steps. Great advice. What were some of the early challenges that you guys faced and how did you overcome them? Oh, that's such a good question. We had so many challenges that first year. We had no clue what we were doing. We were just uh, <laughs> two young kids and with four little babies. We didn't even know what we were doing. And we buy this fixer upper house that, you know, most of our friends and family thought we should bulldoze it over. I mean, it was, uh, it was a hundred years old. They did have some good bone updates, you know, like the roof and some of the structure was pretty sound. And so we got lucky with that, but right off the bat, we were hit with thousands of dollars worth of septic and basement and, you know, you, you name it, we were hit with it that first year. And so, um, it is just one of those where if you know that that's the path you're on, you just chalk it up to this is this is life and this is the path and it's not going to be easy, but we know we're on God's plan 
And so you just, you do what you can and you just, you get up the next morning and you work really hard. We did. There were long, long days and we would, you know, put those kiddos to bed and we were just wiped. Like, can I even walk and get in bed? I'm so tired. (laughs) Clean myself up, you know, wash all the yuck off of me and get in bed. But you sleep so good. You just know (laughs) in God's plan, you know, even if you're having hard days and struggles and problems, if you are intimate to God and you know you're on the right path, somehow it doesn't matter. You know you're going to get through it because you know that's in God's plan for you. Yes. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our In-Depth Bible Study Academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. For sure. I love how you kind of have these three G's that are some of your passions, God, goats, and gardens. Tell us a little bit about why you're so passionate about those things. Yes. Well, I mean, God is the obvious piece of of it all. I mean, he is, I am a complete 100% Jesus freak. I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, you know, I, I can't get enough of God. I, I wish I had every minute of every day just to, you know, study his word and um, all the things, fix my attitude. I just, I need to be in constant communicate. You know, the yes. 10, 15 minutes in the morning that I used to do doesn't get it for me. I mean, I need him every minute of every day. And I don't know if that's just, I have a rotten attitude or what no. it is. But, you know, he just, uh, every little situation from physical things to mental things to a text or something in your business going south, you know, or some technology not working or whatever it is, I feel like he is everything to me and I need him more than just the few minutes in the morning. I, I need a constant with him. So God's everything to me. I, I, I know I've turned into this you know, hyper spiritual, that's, that's all my conversations come back to, but he is just as good as it gets. And I just, my goal in life is to just seek out his goodness um, and know more about him. He's the, you know, the more I read the Bible, I'm on my 10th time through reading the Bible every year. And the more I do it, the less I know, like mm-hmm. I have a gazillion questions more now than I did the first time. I thought I knew everything the first time I did. Yes. Um, and so there, he's just a mystery, his goodness and um, the way he does things. is just amazing to me. So God's everything. Um, you get to goats. I mean, that's kind of the, the simple no brainer. I mean, if you look at goats, you just can't help but have a smile on your face. <laughs> 
pure pure joy we have many nubians at our property um so they're the kind that have the little long floppy ears and um they're just ornery is all get out they're like a puppy dog that just wants to jump in your lap and nibble on your t-shirt and they're very snuggly and sweet and ornery always jumping around um so they're just pure joy and then gardens i mean we have we have a lot of vegetable gardens and flower gardens and um, I'm just one of those that I need to connect to the dirt. I need my hands in the dirt and um, you know it, it is a it is a lesson in patience though because you have to truly plan out your gardens and you know we start seeds inside in the basement under grow lights and it's a process. Yes. Um, but it is one of those that, and God works so much like that. Here I go back to God again. Um, but it, the way that we do our plants, God works that, you know, he cultivates the soil and he, he plants little seeds and, you know, he has plans for the growth and the harvest. And um, it's just, it's a long process and it's not easy. And you have to take steps and you don't want to miss a certain time frame in the season or or it's too late or it's too early. Um, and so there is, I love the organization of it that you have to plan it out. And my goodness, when you get that harvest, um, there's nothing like eating something that you've grown from a seed in your basement. <laughs> there's the joy of that um, and bringing kiddos, little kiddos. And again, you know, even if you don't have space for a garden, even if you're in an apartment, like a container or salsa garden or something just you know taking your kiddos out or just you going out with your best friend and planting a little seed out there that grows into a tomato plant or a pepper plant there or or the herb gardens which you know makes every meal wonderful there's just nothing like it, it you just feel connected to the earth you feel connected to god and there's just a purpose in it. And I just, I love that. It's so basic and primal, but it just does bring pure joy. It sure does. And, you know, it's so interesting that the Bible so many times refers to, you know, the agriculture and growing. And I know I have a garden as well. And there's just, yeah, it's kind of like you're a proud parent of this little tiny seedling that starts to grow and you're watching it all along. And it's, it's really a fun process. Yeah. Well, in your book, you talk about perfectionism and that it can steal our joy and sort of take away from the peace and contentment that can come with a simpler lifestyle. And, and I love too how you said that as a college professor, you have said that A plus perfection is just overrated and yeah. we need to live our best life at a B minus. So help us understand how we can shift our mindset of perfectionism to just really embracing just an imperfect life. Mm -hmm. And that it, it's not a popular concept, <laughs> but I'll tell you, I believe it 150%. If you can take any situation that you're in, whether it's um, you're interested in getting chickens in your backyard or whether you're interested in starting a business, um, take those two examples or any other thing that you have on your heart that you want to do. If you think through it, um, a B minus will actually get it done and get you moving on the right track. 
And if you wait for A plus perfection, you'll never do it. And we do have, for example, with the chickens, I have several friends that have asked me a million different questions about chickens and they subscribe to YouTube channels about chickens. They've read books on chickens. And here we are now six years later and they still don't have chickens. Um, and they're just, and they really, it's on their heart. They want it. They have the piece of property for it in their backyard. Their neighborhood allows it. Uh, and it's just, they're waiting to know it all and to have a perfect coop and a perfect setup. Same thing goes with business. Um, if you are wanting to start a business, if you wait till every single piece of it is in place and perfect, you're not going to do it. And it's it's just not going to even happen. But if you take that jump and if you're OK with, OK, this might not be absolutely perfect, but I'm at least showing up and I am putting myself out there and I, here's my product or whatever it is. Here's my, um, you know, whatever that is in your business, my service you're at least showing up and getting it done. And so just with anything in life, I know I talk about in the book a lot about, I had horrible fears about having people over to my house. Um, and I had this, I'd been on Pinterest, I've been all over the social media apps and I wanted to have dinner parties, but just the thought of it not being absolutely perfect, it kind of like I might get the decor perfect, but then is the food going to be you like to pull it all together when you're on a tight budget and you don't have a caterer and you don't have a house cleaner. If you don't have those things for other people to do it, it can be a bit overwhelming. And at the point where I kind of just threw my hands up and said, you know, people don't really care about all that. I mean, of course they like that. They like yummy food. They like, you know, decorations on the table or whatever. But what they're truly there for is for community with you and your family or you and your friend group or whatever it is. And when you can kind of start ditching that, I have to have it all perfect and just lighten up and expect things to go wrong and just deal with it you start seeing some really big momentum in your life in all the areas as long as you can just jump in there so i know it does sound absolutely nutty for a college professor to say you know b minus is better than a plus but i've even seen it in the classroom and of course i hope no one's listening to this uh, from there but in the classroom you can get a book smart a plus on a test but you know, if you are challenging things and really writing your heart in some essay question, um, those are the kiddos that really get it. They understand what is going on. Whereas if you're just regurgitating what a book says and getting an A plus, are you really learning real world knowledge on that topic? Um, and so real world knowledge in the college is more of a B minus than an A plus textbook, because most of the textbooks <laughs> don't have it, you know, everything that's up to date. So I would say it across the board. I mean, I'm still trying to come across outside of a brain surgeon. <laughs> there's a few things that I want you to have an A plus in. Um, but some of the other things, you know, most things in life, just go for it. And, you know, you can work your way up on year two to the A plus if that's what you want, but just go for it and start it. 
you know, I feel like at least for me, perfection is just perfectionism itself has just kind of been self-imposed and not something that I'm certainly proud of. Um, but you are so right that it actually causes us to freeze and and not accomplish things, which is the reverse of really what you're trying to do. Right. So um, I love what you're talking about um, there. And it definitely is a mindset. And it's, it's interesting, too, because one of my daughters has always had the B minus mindset. Mm-hmm. And she's had a lot more peace and she always ends up doing better than that but it's the anxiety and stress is a lot less when you also don't have that right Um, absolutely well you're often quoted as saying god is still in the miracle business and i was reading in your book that you were diagnosed with this peach-sized brain tumor saw the picture in your book which was staggering and um you recently had a four-hour surgery and 100 percent recovery with no cancer so can you tell us share a little bit about what god taught you through that experience and just how embracing a simpler life helped in that situation Yes. And just hearing you say that gave me goosebumps because, you know, looking back at that, that was um, December of 2020. So not that long ago. And it still seems so surreal because I'm sitting here, um, you know, a hundred percent recovery, no deficits, no cancer. They didn't even have to shave my head, which I know sounds very shallow, but um, it was something I expected when I woke mm-hmm. up. I still had my hair. And so, yeah, I was diagnosed with a peach-sized brain tumor in um, the fall, right two days before Thanksgiving in November of 2020. Um, I had just not a whole lot of symptoms. I had had some horrible headaches and I was going into a busy weekend needing to you know, grade some papers and we were kind of coming to the end of the semester. I just had a lot to do. And I was like, I just can't take an Excedrin and go lay down. I need to crank out some work. So I, you know, went in and um, they sent me, they said, it doesn't sound like, you know, cause I'm thinking, you know, I'm on a little on the older side, I'm over 50. And so I was thinking, is this hormonal? Is this COVID? Is this allergies? What is this? And so they said, what you're explaining sounds a little different type of headache. We're going to send you for some scans. And of course, they did one and then sent me right away to another one. Um, And the diagnosis was a peach-sized brain tumor. And it's just, um, they wanted to do surgery right away and get that out of there. There were some parts of it that they said were too risky, that they didn't think they could remove. Um, They were thinking that it was not cancerous by the look of it, but they didn't know. So, you know, I had about three or four work uh, weeks there before the surgery. And I will tell you this, and it's, I sound like a crazy person when I say this, I wouldn't trade that timeframe, you know, between the end of November and the end of December when I had the surgery for anything. Um, I had the peace of God during that time. He hit hard. Um, I didn't have a care in the world. It was the, str- of course, everyone around me was beyond stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I kind of felt like as 
as this personality where I, I'm a recovering perfectionist and I'm always go, go, go. And if something doesn't work, I'll, you know, I don't care, whatever it is, technology or anything, give me 10 minutes on YouTube, I'll figure it out, you know. And as someone that's just um, very high energy, high go, always striving, 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 and can always fix things and kind of a control person, when you come to the end of your rope and you know there is not one, there's not a YouTube video, there's not a, a green shake I can take here. There, there is nothing that's gonna fix this but God. I mean, you have to kind of completely shelf all of your anxiety and just turn it over to God. And I really did it surprisingly. It had to be the peace of God come over me. I don't know what it was, but I, I had a lot of peace and trust. Um, and I knew either way, um, you know, whatever happens, this is, this is God and, um, he'll work it out. And, you know, sure enough, he did. And we had the, the long surgery and right away I was, you know, we, there was a lot of complications during the surgery. I won't get into all of it, but you know, they came out in the middle of it and told my husband, we're doing blood transfusions. We've had complications. She's losing blood like crazy. She's going to be paralyzed. Don't, don't be surprised. If she's paralyzed. all this stuff. And, you know, I wake up and I'm like, I can feel my hands. I can talk. How are the kids? You know, and, you know, everyone around me is just like, what, what, what just happened? Um, and literally in 48 hours, I was home and I had staples, 40 staples in my head. I still had my hair. I mean, it, when I look at that, I just think, but God, I mean, um, especially with all those complications. And there's so many gazillions of little tiny stories around that where he just showed up every minute with these little signs that he was in it uh, to give me the peace and to give others around me the peace. And he's just, he's still in the miracle business. And we, you, you grow, I've grown up in the church. I, I've been in the church my whole life. You know these things, you know them in your head. Um, and you know all about God's peace and joy in your head. But when you go through a situation like this, it becomes like it is as real as this coffee mug that's sitting here next to me. It is, he does miracles. And I say that I kind of chuckle because I know that and I've always known it. But no, legit, he really is still performing miracles in 2022, in 2020. He is still performing miracles. And I know that they don't always turn out. I, you know, we have another friend of the family that's going through a similar situation. And it's not looking good. Um, and I do have a lot of questions, you know, why, why me, why I'm older. I've had, you know, I have had this full life. Why do I get the happy ending in this story and others don't, and I don't know. I, you know, again, God's a mystery and that's going to be a question I, I ask of him, but, um, I know he's still there and he still cares about us and will heal us in his own way, whatever that looks like. And um, he's just amazing. And my purpose in life um, is to shout from the rooftops of his goodness and that he's still here. He's still listening. And you think, you know, the world around you is so different and it's changed so much. Um, and sometimes we can 
get in the negative mindset of like, oh, it's a dumpster fire and everybody's against each other and all this, God is still here. And if you are reading through the Bible, you realize none of this is new. Um, wars and famines and all the things, you know, they turn to God in those times too. And he, he is everything and he's still working miracles. And sometimes they're tiny little ones in your day. And sometimes they're big brain tumors, but he is still involved in every minute in every aspect of your life. He sure is. And I love what you said about just when you're going through such a tremendous trial in your life and just when you fully surrender, you're at the point where you have to just rely on God. That's it. You're at the the end of your rope there, so to speak. And so um, your story is amazing and praise God that in your situation, yeah, you're here to tell about it because that is giving a lot of people hope. Hey everyone, is your church group looking for a new turnkey program that you can quickly and easily put in place? Well, we have just the opportunity for you. Coffee and Bible Time has created two new teaching courses on how to pray using our prayer journal and how to pray using our prayer binder. We modeled these teaching courses after a live event that we conducted for a group of 100 women and girls in Austin, Texas. Unfortunately, when the pandemic hit, this cut off our ability to do live teaching. But the blessing that came out of that time was that we now have available video teaching that can be utilized by anyone, anywhere, at any time. In one course, Ashley teaches how to pray using the prayer journal, and in the other course, Mentor Mama teaches how to pray using the prayer binder. All you need to do to implement a program like the one we conducted live in Texas is to purchase one of our video teaching courses along with the number of either prayer journals or prayer binders for each participant in your group. This program is ideal for moms groups, women's ministry events, young adults groups, middle school and high school groups, or even small groups. And for a limited time, we have a special offer for our podcast listeners. Buy either nine prayer journals or prayer binders and get the 10th one free using the promo code PODCAST on our website at coffeeandbibletime.com. For those that are listening today, um, so many of us aspire to, to live more slowly and simply, but just don't even know how to do that or feel maybe like we can't. What are some small steps that we can take in that direction? Mm -hmm. Well, and I would say first is just um, acknowledging it and setting your intentions. And so, you know, not that it has to be a farm lifestyle and not that you have to go out and get chickens, but just setting your intentions for the day and kind of scratching out some of the things that don't matter. And, and that could be, I mean, it's easy. Um, I've always been kind of a slimmer on the materialism type of thing, you know, like I've, um, you know, I've ditched the fancy purses and the fancy cars and I drive a super old Jeep that's getting ready to have 300,000 miles on it. Um, I mean, we're very not materialistic and you can kind of pat yourself on the back sometimes and think, okay, 
you know, I've got it together. But really, those are not the things that truly matter. The things that matter are the things in your heart and your day and what um, what is taking up space. And so um, just being very intentional to, you know, what is that lifestyle that you want? And if you want to truly slow down, some things are going to have to go. And chances are it's not going to be the material things that matter as much, but it might be, um, I don't, you know, you hate to say this, but it might be a relationship, not that you have to cut it completely off, but maybe it's time that you're giving to a relationship that might be toxic or something like that. Maybe it's, um, I have, you know, I'm working two or three jobs and I'm going to try to cut it down to one. So, so identifying really what is taking your time and what can go and taking those hard steps, I would say would be the first, the first thing. And then just, you know, throughout the day, possibly checking back in every decision you're making, looking at, is this going to get me to the end goal of, you know, this slow living and kind of taking, you know, taking it slower, or is it not? Is this going to add stress? Um, and that's hard to do because a lot of the things that we're doing are really good things, mm-hmm. uh, but you, but you have to cut them out. And then I would just say it's focusing that extra time that you have onto what it is that's your priority. So if that is in, you know, in the farm lifestyle, the backyard farm, um, you know, right now it's fall. Most people think about gardening in, and as you know, if you have a garden, most people think about that in the spring. But right now, if, if you want to garden in the spring, you could start your beds right now and preparing the ground for that and um, getting compost and piling it on there so it, you know, gets all those nutrients through the winter. And so it's just taking steps with whatever you decided intentionally for your life putting that into place with that extra time that you have and taking those steps. A lot of it, I mean, it's funny because coming out of the business world, a lot of it is that organization, you know, that they pound in your brain when you're Mm -hmm. in business school. Um, But a lot of it applies to the farm. A lot of it applies to your spiritual life. I mean, you can't expect to be super close and tight with God and feel that, that slow living peace where you're truly trusting him, even in tough situations, if you don't spend time with him. Mm-hmm. So maybe something has to get cut out of your day so you can read your Bible or have worship time or prayer or journaling. Um, it's all about the time. And I hate to say that, um, but it truly is. Whatever it is that you're seeking out, it has to have your time and attention. And so that usually means something else has got to go. And a lot of times that something is good. Um, we had we just had a, a peach tree split down the middle because I didn't prune it like I should have. And the prune, we pruned the big branches. We did good, but we got really busy right in that certain week or two period where we were supposed to go pinch off these tiny little beautiful blooms that are so pretty and pink. And I didn't do it. And then sure enough, we had a gazillion peaches, but they were the size of golf balls, tiny, and they weighed down the branch and they, you know, it split. And so I'm looking at that going, that is such a metaphor for life. I mean, it's so hard to prune off those little beautiful flowers, 
But if you don't, it's you're you're not gonna get something big like you want. You're gonna get a bunch of little stuff that isn't worth having because you can't even eat it, you know. And so um, it's just a time. It's it's really focusing your time on what your priority is. And it's hard to do. It's not yeah. easy to hear. Yeah. It's and being intentional. You know, one activity I know that you can do is just to have a journal and log exactly how you are spending your time, even if it's in, you know, an hour on Facebook, and then looking back at the end of a week and seeing where is my time going, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that you can try to assess things. Well, Lana, you devote an entire chapter in your book to gathering and sharing meals together with your family. Tell us um, why you think this is so important and the benefits that you can have from that. Yeah, that's that's a good question. It is, to me, the foundation of a family is the the kitchen table, whether it's a big old farm table or whether it's just a little, you know, your kitchen bar area on the island. Um, that is where the family congregates. They gather there. Um, that's where stories are shared. That's where you celebrate. That's where the tears are. That's where the conversations are happening. And I think that setting up those times in advance to make it happen um, is so important. And we did it when the kiddos were little and they, you know, all of our kiddos were in sports and we were kind of running different directions with sitting in bleachers and going to this meet or that or whatever. And um, it was hard to do, but trying to schedule times and maybe it's breakfast time maybe it's lunchtime on the weekends maybe you know if you have an extended family maybe it's a, a sunday afternoon and get together and watch the football game or or something like that but i do believe those are the times when everyone lets their guard down food is comforting i mean we're all about food over here we we love food um, and we like making it too. I mean, getting your your produce out of the garden and chopping it up and grilling your the meat on the, the grill together, it just is a beautiful thing for a family to do. And preparing at home, it's gonna be healthier, it's gonna be cheaper. And just the conversations that happen over the dinner table um, are just, you know, it's everything. If you have that, you you have everything. And if you don't have that, it doesn't take a lot of work to start it and start doing those traditions. And again, you know, going back to your earlier conversation about um, being perfect, ditch all that, you know, even if it's on paper plates, even if it's, I mean, one of our absolute favorites is a potato soup in the winter. And I mean, it's, definitely not healthy. (laughs) There's lots of cheese and bacon and green onions. And I mean, it is delicious. But you know, I can make that up a day in advance, it's in the fridge. And we just put it on and everyone I no one ever misses that meal. And it's so simple. (laughs) And those are the moments where you're just sitting around with your favorite people, whether that's a whole family, if you're young and single, and you know invite a friend over and those are the real moments and i think 
2020 and the pandemic really brought that to light because you were either home with your family doing those things or you weren't or you were stuck by yourself in an apartment or something and you you realized oh this is this is needed this is a part of who i am and i miss it and so um you know there there's one good thing that came out of that is we realized just how important that downtime with family and then i'll tell you what those are the things when you do get a brain tumor when someone gets in a car wreck when grandpa dies when when you get hit because it's going to happen something mm-hmm. you know life is hard and you're always hit with something and it's mm-hmm. a family might, member might lose their job or something those are the times during your meals that it just makes it all better because you're there with your people and they they can help you through that situation so i encourage that definitely uh. There is really nothing like sharing a meal together and and inviting others to join you in that. And definitely don't feel bad if you're in a season, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, just like Lana said, my kids are going every which direction. You can be intentional. Um, I think that's one of our roles as moms is saying, okay, you know what? You find a time that's going to work and everybody needs to be there because this is important. Um, and I think when they look, when your children look back on that later, they're going to remember those times, those oh, meals yeah. that you shared together. Yes. And and what you said, I mean, it does, it can be some big gourmet meal and that's fine if you have the time on a Sunday afternoon and no one's working and all sports are canceled. But on a normal Tuesday night and the kiddos are going every which direction, it's okay if it's hot dogs and chips, just find 10 15 minutes to sit down and chat and how was your day yeah so important so important mm-hmm. we've been there <laughs> we've yes been there. yes well on this kind of topic of parenting in one of your chapters you discuss intentional parenting and peaceful mornings with kids mm-hmm. so um tell us a little bit about how you caused a shift in your own uh, parenting strategy. Yes. Yeah. So with four kiddos, um, about the middle, about the time the, the third and fourth were coming up, I was realizing this shift, you know, with more social media, you know, every kid had a phone by this point and, um, just a lot more outside influences on the kiddos and our mornings just started getting kind of hectic and I'm still over here nagging at them to bring their socks their dirty laundry down and um, why are you wearing that you know that kind of thing and i realized you know we had a couple situations with some families that were close to us and i just realized the world is not like it was five ten years ago i need to shift and this time with them in the morning because we were in full busy mode in the evenings with all of their events Um, And I just shifted into this is going to be peaceful and I am going to use this time instead of just harping at them, get, get, get out the door. um, I'm going to get up super early. I'm going to set the tone, light a candle, play worship music, um, 
and we're going to have, and so I kind of set some rules that they didn't really like right at the beginning, um, but, you know, no phones in the bedroom at night. So they had to wake up with an alarm that was, you know, the old fashioned kind, mm -hmm. because I did notice they were up and doing chats late at night and they weren't getting, and we love our sleep over here. And I, I knew I could tell how tired they were. So, you know, that was a big shift that, and it didn't go over very well, but it was so worth it. And then, you know, we just did a little morning devotion and basically I had zero expectations of them. And I would just read, you know, one or two minutes out of one of the, you know, I just pick up whatever devotional I had around there. So they would at least get some scripture um, and they're just shoving in their food. You know, um, they don't have to talk or do anything. And that I, uh, there were times where I was thinking, okay, there, this is not sinking in. And it really brought some good conversations. A lot of times later in the day, there would be a conversation or a question about that scripture, or um, they would say, man, I wish this person had that this morning because they were really struggling. Or um, And so I just encourage you, it might be 60 seconds is all you have. And, and then, you know, hug them at the end of the day. Just try your hardest not to nag at him because I was doing that nonstop and it just was setting the tone for a very angsty type of day and that peaceful morning when they're going out, um, you know, and a lot of families are homeschooling and it's a little bit different, but still in the mornings can be stressful. And if you can set the tone and set it up where everything's organized the night before and, um, and you have some of these little rules in place, it, it's it's a game changer. It is a game changer, definitely. I, I strongly encourage any, any mamas that are out there struggling with their mornings to just kind of make a couple of simple little shifts um, and it will really change your whole relationship with your kids where they start chatting with you and talking with you, yeah. You know, two things I'll just add to that is um, one thing that I kind of learned through being with other moms, too, was just remembering to pray for my child before they left the front door in the morning. And because mm -hmm. by the, you know, you, you learn what their little trials are or big trials or whatever it is. And um, I know... Um, my daughter's mentioned to me before, like, gosh, I remember when you used to pray for me, like that, that too can lend to that calmness. And this is in God's hands. He's got this. Um, and the other thing too, is I just, one of my favorite times of the day with kids was when they would come home after school and they would have their little snack time. And I would kind of do what you did for snack time. Like I'd have the little candle and I have, you know, the snacks all set out and give them time just to, you know, decompress, talk about their day or whatever. So yeah, you can definitely maximize those special moments with your kids. And well, it's good that you, you say that because in the afternoon, that snack time, you get so much scoop from what, what's going oh, on. Oh, yes. That you would never get. If you missed out on that snack time, you wouldn't know anything that's going on. So that is that I'm so glad you brought that up. That's so such an important part of the day. Well, um, Lana, as we wrap things up here, what what are you hoping that um, people are really going to walk away with um, once they've read your book, The Grace Filled Homestead? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a tough question. That's a good one. Um, I would say really, I mean, the most important thing is God's goodness and he is there. And also, if he is putting a dream on your heart, whether that is anything about backyard farming or any of that or something else, whatever it may be, maybe it's a business, maybe it's a relationship, whatever it is, just keep keep praying for that keep in alignment with god on what follow those dreams because i don't think those are just shallow dreams in your head i think god puts those desires there because he knows that's good for you and so i would say you know of course i want to share the the goat joy and the gardens and and all that fun stuff and the chickens um, but the main piece of it is just attuning to god and following your dreams because most of the time i believe those those come from him and um he can he can help you make them happen Aww. well your book is absolutely gorgeous for our listeners out there it has beautiful photographs in it that will just warm your your heart and make you laugh and <laughs> you've got recipes and tips and uh, uh and and your writing is just beautiful. So Lana, how can people find out more information about you and your book? Oh, yeah, it's um, on my website. It's just lanastenner.com. Very simple. Um, and then the main platform I'm on is uh, Lana Stenner on Instagram or Lana Stenner and the goat gang on TikTok. And so TikTok, you know, TikTok is is what it is. It's just a lot of fun, silly animal videos. But um, website is kind of the main place where you'll find all the things at lannastenner.com. Awesome. And we will put all those links in our show notes. Before we go, I just want to ask you some of our favorite Bible study tool questions. What is your go-to Bible and what translation is it? Okay, good question. So my main Bible, I use... I use all kinds of different translations for different things. And I don't know if that's normal or not, um, but I like the NIV. I like the ESV, but my main study Bible is a new King James. It's the spirit filled version. It's uh, came out from Thomas Nelson and I've had it my entire adult life. It's actually, it's about falling apart here. I've actually had <laughs> a book of it kind of come, come apart from the binding. Um, but the reason I like that and I, I didn't realize that that was the version for probably the first five years. And I was like, oh, New King James, wow. Um, but it's, and it might be more of the study pieces of it that I really like, um, just because it, it has so many maps and um, concordance and all the different things that if you're kind of stuck on a verse, it has so many references there for you to kind of study it out. So oh, excellent. Okay. Do you have any favorite journaling supplies or anything that you like to use to enhance your Bible study experience? You know, I I do because my main Bible here and it is time <laughs> to get a new one. I just, it, you know, it's a I feel like it's a part of me. I don't want to mm -hmm. give it up and start over, but I'm all big on, you know, underline using your Bible. You know, if you want to highlight it up or um, use sticky notes and all those. But honestly, this and I know this is going to sound very, very strange. My main tool that I have been using in the last two years is actually my printer. <laughs> Um, I used to use a lot of sticky notes and I would write a scripture and I would stick it up on my 
my mirror or something like that if I found something that really I thought was profound and would help me through the week. Um, and I don't know if what it is, and maybe it was my situation. It started, you know, when I was in that season of the brain tumor, but I started printing out verses in like big, like I don't want them just small on my mirror. I need this bigger than life. Like if I, if I had a tapestry on a whole wall, I would be fine with it. And so I started printing one scripture on a piece of paper and I would tape it up and I have this door, you know, those farm type doors, that's a five panel door. So it gives me, it's a double door. So it gives me 10 slots for these um, scriptures. And I would just print out one scripture on a full, huge piece of paper and tape it up. And, you know, my kiddos would even come in and they're like, wow, all right. Are you going to, is this wallpaper or what? <laughs> like, you know, I just, I need to be surrounded by the word of God and you know, a little tiny sticker on my mirror clear in the bedroom is not going to do it. I'm sorry. I need to see it all day long in my family room where I'm coming in and out. And I, I have taken those down. It was, you know, th through my brain surgery and season. Um, but I'm still big on printing big ones out and putting them somewhere that I see it multiple times a day. Um, it's harder for me to memorize scripture you know, it's like, I, I actually know where it's at and all that. I just need to be reminded. It's a, being reminded of God's goodness and his word. I just want to be surrounded by it. So printer is kind of my latest one. I know that sounds a little strange. No, I love that. That's such a great idea. Uh, lastly, what is your favorite app or website for Bible study tools? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I use you version every morning. I, I have a one year Bible reading plan um, that's on my website. And um, I just, you know, I to go straight from Genesis all the way through Revelation. And so a couple of years ago, I came into the realization that, you know, there's an audio Bible. And um, I used to not think that that was legit <laughs> Bible reading. But I'll tell you, and so I, I do kind of a mixture of it, but when I am using the audio, it's you version. And I just, I love the simplicity of it that you can kind of change the voice. You can change the version that you're interested in. Um, it's just, it works with all different plans. And so, yeah, you, you version is a good one that I use. Excellent. Awesome. Well, Lana, thank you so much for being here today to share your wonderful advice on just embracing a slower paced lifestyle and how that can positively affect every area of our lives. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, please pick up a copy of Lana's new book, The Grace-Filled Homestead. You can find the link in our show notes. Also, be sure to head over to our blog where you can share your comments with us on this podcast. And finally, head over to the Coffee and Bible Time website for our prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. Thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. We love you all. Have a blessed day.